Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast from First Baptist Church in Navasota, Texas. For more information, visit fbcnavasota.org. Folks, Chad shared a few minutes ago. I am so glad you all are here as well. Um, want to do some just some business uh, before we begin. And uh, it has to do with, with Sunday mornings. Many of the churches in our area have chosen not to worship. Um, there is a, you know, both a national state of emergency as well as state. I want to share with you a couple of things about that. And, and please hear this exactly as I'm saying it. We're going to go ahead and use best practices in, in everything we can do for our kids and for you and me, former kids. We're also going to go ahead and be under God's, God's rule before we're ever under man's rule. And that doesn't mean that we go ahead and put, put people in margins of risk by gathering together. But folks, if this becomes a, an issue, I want you to know that we will let you all know about any schedule changes here, worship changes, things like that, uh, if that if that comes to pass. I have a friend named David. David uh, has a medical background. He is no longer involved in medicine. And he and I talked, we visited this week and talked a little bit about some things going on in his life. He is right now working at a convenience store. And David has a, a pretty serious pecan allergy. If you've seen the videos from Travis County, uh, you've seen just the wind blowing and waves of pollen, these kind of dark, dark yellow-brown waves of pollen. That would kill him. Uh, he just he he would he would be sneezing, coughing. So he was at the at his convenience store working, and he happens to work uh, late at night and early in the morning. And David was up there, and he takes. Uh, a type of medicine to try to help inhibit that uh, response, but he started sneezing. This was this was a week ago, and as he was sneezing, uh, this one lady who happened to be in the store at the time just became, for lack of a word, unhinged, and she began screaming at him, "Why are you putting people at risk? Why why are you?" Infected, and you're putting everybody else at risk of this deadly disease. And then she collapsed on the floor and began crying. It's easy to go ahead and tease about stuff like that. But folks, the reality is we're in a culture right now that is driven by forces that are very alien in some ways to what the Bible even talks about. And yet, God knew all about that when the Word of God was written. He knew that today would be today. That there would be people that would become seriously concerned for their own health. David explained to the lady as she was sitting on her, this is a school teacher's term, sitting on her pockets, and he said, ma'am, I am allergic to pecan trees. He said, you walk outside this door, and he said, there's a pecan. He said, I can tell you where it is. 
Because when I walk in the, in the place, I try to walk in a way that the wind won't blow that to me. And he said, today's one of those days where it's blowing and every time the doors open, I get a new whiff of pollen. And he said, I'm not infected as far as I know with anything other than allergies of pollen. Folks, let me ask you a question that I hope we can go ahead and and wrestle with this morning with and, and look in God's Word to find the answers. In times like these, I want us to be different. Don't you? As a Christ follower, in times of great crisis, let's be different. Different. Over the last four weeks, media and our government have shared about the hazards of a mutated strain of corona, which is a common virus. It's now known as COVID-19. Because of continued media frenzy, it has been labeled a virus that potentially could cause millions of deaths worldwide, CBS News. The Center for Disease Control has said this. It's older populations and people with certain chronic underlying health conditions like heart disease, lung disease, and diabetes. And diabetes, for example, who seem to be of greater risk of certain serious illnesses. Now, if you are older, if you have chronic diseases, or if you have, as Wilford Brimley says, the diabetes, then uh, you're at higher risk. What are the things we should be doing? You've already heard them many times. One of them is to go ahead and make sure that you wash hands. Simple practices to go ahead and, and have health care regardless. Wash hands. Another one, cover your mouth if you sneeze or cough. That's always a good practice regardless. I'm not going to bore you with statistics up here because that's not my job, folks. But everyone in this room has been exposed to virus this year. It's called influenza. Some of you got a shot for it. Sometimes the shots work. Some years they don't. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Our shots are, are based on a virus that is studied in Australia. And then how it ends in Australia is the virus protection range that supposedly our, virus, our, our shots for flu shots, influenza, are based on. Now, I share that with you, and that's common stuff, common knowledge. Flus and viruses will mutate. They can change. It's what they do. I want to share with you that in the midst of all of the things that you hear on television, on radio, from social media, I want to share with you this. God has got this. He already has this. And He wants you and me to be different. And the way He wants you and me to be different is the fact that we will trade faith for fear. We'll trade our fears in for something greater, and that is faith. Peter was one of those disciples that Jesus had the most problems with. Peter was the guy that you know well. He denies Jesus three times after saying, I'm going to give my life for you. And as Peter goes ahead and shares with you and me this morning in a scripture that we're going to read in 1 Peter chapter 4, I want you to listen to what 
the man that had failed Christ in many ways stands up for, for his faith in Jesus Christ after the fact. He's already Listen, Jesus has already ascended into heaven. And he's not walking with Peter right now as we read the words that he wrote 2,000 years ago. But you can sense that he has faith where everyone else is going, whoa, 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 whoa. There are bad things that are happening all around. Peter's writing to an audience just like you and me, just like our culture this morning. I want us to read this and understand that as God's people, we have a calling that is unique in a time of crisis. Let me invite you to stand together. We're going to read God's Word as a body of Christ. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, it says this, Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And to Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Listen, you ought to be able to amen that. Amen. God bless you. Please be seated. This morning I want to share with you that when I read that passage out of 1 Peter, it compels me to say that I need to be different. But be different without the mask. This past week I've, I've driven around and as I was going about my normal things that I do, I've seen dozens of folks wearing little paper masks driving inside their own cars. In their own cars. I've seen them. You've seen them as well. But they're, they're, they're wearing a mask in their own cars, which again, for my kind of mind, I start working that a little bit and thinking, how is this protecting you or not protecting you? And what are you worried about be, being in your car that you might all of a sudden inhale? I can't answer that question. But I do know that you and I as Christ followers are to be different than the folks that are going to be in the mask. You and I live without a mask. And that mask offers at least some type of barrier protection. And, and you know, Paul, I know you and Don could go ahead and give us a better idea of what, what you have to do in order, in order to go ahead and perform surgeries and things like that with animals. But there is a value to it although in some ways with viruses limited. Now I share this with you because as Christ followers, we walk around without any protection at all. Now hear, hear what I'm going to say. Wait, I know some of you are, wait, wait, wait. We walk around with the protection of God, Clyde. Let me share with you this. God does protect us. Do you believe that? He does protect us. But I'm going to share with you also that as King, He can call on you and me as His subjects, to become citizens of heaven at an instant. And that's perfectly fine. So you and I live without the protection that the rest of the world says is so very necessary in order to survive. Guys, listen to me. Should Jesus tarry, should He tarry, every, I'm sorry, every single person in this room will eventually die. 
Should Jesus tarry? Now, some of you all are going to be around a lot longer than some of the rest of us. Some of us here absolutely refuse to go ahead and take God up on His promises of when it is the time to go. Can I get an amen? They love you, Sam. They want you to stick around. I do too. I share this with you. I share this with you because, guys, listen to me. You have to trust that God has your life in His hands right now. If, even if you're here and you're not a believer, even if you're not a Christ follower, God does have you in His hands. He knows what's going to happen in your life. I share that with you for the very sake of telling you that as Christ followers, we're to be different. Different and without the mask. So how do you become different in a crisis like the one we're facing right now? I'm going to share with you a couple of things that I think were rooted in this particular passage that Peter shares. Peter shares these words. In verse 11 he says, look, if you speak, you should speak with the very words of God. In other words, don't let your mouth, do <laughs> don't just open your mouth and let your brains fall out. Go ahead and, and speak. When you're speaking, speak with the authority that God has given you. Your words are not, listen to me, my words are not the Word of God. If you want to read the Word of God, you can pick it up as a Christ follower yourself and God can speak to you directly through the person of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't need Pastor Clyde. So if our church were never to meet again, if we were, ne if we were wiped off of the planet, if this congregation is gone God can still speak to you. That's a joy for my soul. My hope and prayer is that you will take it as such. But I want you to do something different. If we're to speak the very words of God, if we're going ahead and share, sharing with the glory of God all of the things that we can do in the power of the Holy Spirit, here's one thing I want you to do. When you get home from church today, I want you to think of the oldest person who is living by themselves that is in your neighborhood. Now please hear this. I want you to check on your elderly neighbors, especially those kind of folks that are not part of the First Baptist family. They may be Methodist. They may be Episcopalians. They may be Presbyterians. They may be nothing at all. I want you to check on them. How do you do that? How do you check on a person that you may not have had a, any kind of intimate conversation with at all? Here's what you do. You call them on the phone because a lot of folks right now are concerned about it. And by the way, phones are no longer great sources to go ahead and get information back and forth because now, now what's happened is you can get a phone call from an area code 936, and it's somebody that is speaking to you in Chinese. That happened to me yesterday. 936, well, this must be a church member I don't know about. And I punched the button, and I have no idea. The only words I understood were ni hao, okay, hello. All right, that's the only words. And then this stream of Chinese, and I immediately was looking at my phone thinking, is there any way I could get the coronavirus from hearing this? Ha ha. There isn't, by the way. 
I want you to go check on your elderly friends or folks that you don't even know about. You go check on them. What do you do? Here's what you do. You say, this is Clyde from the First Baptist Church. And I'm just checking on you. You doing all right? They may not know you from Adam's house cat. You may have to explain to them, I'm, pa- I'm Clyde from First Baptist Church here in Navasota, and I live X amount of doors down from you. And I just wanted to check on you to see how you're doing. If folks answer the phone, or even if you get a recording, you put that on. You say, you can call me. And you list your phone number. I want our deacons to stand up, if you would, please. All of them, retired or otherwise. Stand up. These are the guys that God has put in this church to go ahead and minister among the body here. If you have some need, any type at all, and you cannot get a hold of me, these men are put in here to be able to minister within this body. Everybody look at them. Pick one out that you know. Is there anyone in here that does not know one of these guys? And I'm dead serious. If you don't know who they are, I can go ahead and introduce you right now. All right. These men are here to help. If I, I tease about this. If you, run, if you run out of toilet paper, do not call Harold Reeves, okay? Don't call Harold. But James Blair back there has a stash that I saw him take from a wall. And I'm teasing. I'm kidding. These are guys that can help. And part of their assignment that we're going to talk about immediately following this worship service is to minister to some of our elderly and homebound members here in our congregation. Thank you guys. Please be seated. I share that with you because there is help to be had. But guys, listen. This is only, and I'm going to guesstimate we have 12 deacons here today. This is only 12 men who cannot service the entirety of our city but you can be a part of God's plan to help folks that are at their most vulnerable point. I have a 93-year-old mother. She is concerned. She doesn't get out often, but she has her, her television on basically as background noise to her life. You know people like that? They live alone but they don't want to be alone. Because of what has happened, because of media and culture that is so predictive to say and and so arrogant to believe that any kind of contact with folks is deadly. Let me share with you. COVID is a different type of virus from what I have been told, but it is a virus. She believes that any kind of contact with anyone would expose her. Now, probability, possible. Likelihood, there are lots of folks here in our little town in Central Texas that are like my mom. And a simple phone call to check on them 
without presuming that there are others that would, without presuming there are families that would, would already do that, listen, that may open the door that when all of this mess is over with, that you will have the ripe opportunity to talk to them not about church. Don't talk to them about First Baptist but to talk to them about the Savior who guarantees that on my last breath, I open my eyes to eternity and it is with Jesus Christ as opposed to eternity separated from Him. That's the conversation that you're winning the right to have right now. Go and check on some of our folks that are elderly. Then the next one I want to share with you. This is the part... Where, look, this is the part that's without the mask, if you want to call it that. This is the part that may cost you, both in your pocketbook and time and any any extras. Do you need anything that I can help you with? Do you need anything that I can help you with? This is an insulin pump. It is right now telling me that I am near death. As far as I know, I'm still alive. So I'm going to give this to my wife because, and, and look, if I drop over in the next five minutes, Sam Cook has already said he has an hour and a half sermon ready to go, okay? So I'm going to give this to you if you'll shut that, that down. Appreciate it. Um, saying, do you need something that I can help you with? means that you're willing to go ahead and invest your life and your resources in somebody else that you may never get a return for. Let me share with you, if they come and say, I desperately need a roll of toilet paper, you contact me, I will get them one. I will put on my ninja black suit and I will break into some place that has a storehouse of toilet paper that has been hoarded. Now, I've got resources and we can get them a roll of toilet paper. Most of them are going to be pleased that you simply called. That's a little to do. Here's what I want you to do right now. It'll make the sermon go quicker. Figure out who that person is right now. Take a pencil and a piece of paper in your pew, wherever it is, and write their name down. Go ahead and do it right now. Figure out who you're going to do that for. We're going to pray for that person that you're talking about right now. Holy Father, I thank You in the midst of this this time of worship that it's about You. That You will burden our heart for someone that in some ways culture is happy to use but really believes has no value. God, every single person that has ever been created and formed by Your mighty and powerful hand has meaning and purpose and value. So much so that You died for them. I pray, Father, that You'll help us live without a mask in the midst of a crisis in our culture and in our world to be able to go ahead and do the right thing. Help us to care. To show Your care for us to a whole world that right now is reeling. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.
finishing this up quickly, I don't want you to let fear rule you or your life. Isaiah 41.13. By the way, Isaiah 41 is a great calming chapter of the Bible. Listen to these words. It says, For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. Do not fear. I will help you. Now, again, because of I, I would normally pick one of the teenagers up here to mess with in this. Understanding that particular verse means that God is going to take your hand and lead you. He already knows where He's going. He already knows the way. And He is going to lead you through the next steps that you may not know the direction that you need to take. I'm going to take your hand. Don't be afraid. I'll take your hand. I've watched so many of you as parents do this with your children. A child that is upset or in distress and crying, and I've watched you take their hand and walk them carefully through whatever minefield or across streets or wherever it was. I've watched you do that. I just got to watch a few minutes ago a big brother pick up his little brother who is sitting down here wondering why he got put down there when mommy is up there talking with with all these people and not paying attention to him. And I watched his cotton swooped him up in his arms and marched him down there. And you know what happened to him? Quint was sitting there looking around like, what are we doing? Why are we being picked up? Why am I not with mom? And then it was kind of like, oh, I'm with cotton. Good. I'm good. And I did know, I did notice that you put your hand on cotton so that he wouldn't, you actually had your hand on behind his head, which I presume meant that you were going to grab his hair if he started to fall so that you wouldn't lose two guys. Anyway, anyway. It's a protective thing. It's a comforting thing. You and I can be people that will comfort others in the time where the rest of the world says there's death everywhere. My hope and prayer is that you will be a person that trades fear that the world says you must have for the faith that God says is so necessary. Let me ask you a question. Do you know this man? Do you know who this man is? Everybody over the age of 60 probably does. I want somebody that is under 60 years old to tell me who this is. Thank you for that. All right. Four years at Baylor University. Got her to understand who, who, who uh, Franklin Roosevelt is. That was Goldthwaite High School. All right. That's Franklin Roosevelt, 32nd President of the United States. He took office in 1933, in March of 1933, in the depths of the greatest financial crisis our nation has ever endured. He is both beloved for that, and he's reviled for the expansion of government to enormous proportions that has never effectively been reduced since. He's both beloved and, and reviled at the same time. Now, one of his most treasured and powerful speeches was the inaugural address, March 4th of 1933. Most Americans did not hear the speech as they didn't have radios tuned in. And even more of them didn't even have radios for that matter. That speech was highlighted by one particular clarion phrase. The only thing you have to fear is fear itself. 
I noticed that only 60-year-olds and up got that one. The only thing you have to fear is fear itself. I want to share with you, Roosevelt was not an over-religious fellow. He had a private chaplain of the Episcopal Church at his beck and call 24 hours a day. But he was spot on with this very statement that he shared at the beginning of his presidency. That statement by Roosevelt echoes the verse that we shared just a moment ago in Isaiah. You don't have to fear, and you don't have to fear fear. You can instead trade that as a Christ follower for something greater that will last you, not just between crises, between between epidemics, between illnesses, between terrorist acts, between all of the things that in our life that virtually everyone in this room has already seen experienced by our world. Instead, you can jettison fear and put in its place a faith that God is still on His throne. This is a bonus round. Do you know who this guy is? Anybody know who he is? Did Gulfwaite High School teach about this fellow? Nope, he didn't. I bet they did. Alright, Michael, you did not do your history project on him, but I guarantee if you, if you did do some study about the First World War, you would have studied this fellow. This is Corporal Alvin York. Corporal Alvin York. He was a corporal in the United States Army. Alvin York is a hero in our nation's history. You may know the story more from the movie Sergeant York with Gary Cooper, but York was in fact the real deal. While Roosevelt talked about not letting fear overcome you, York lived it. York came to faith in a revival service after years of being a hellion. He was in fact a crack shot, just as the movie said, as were most of his friends. When he came to Jesus, the First World War was already in play, even though the United States was not yet involved. York became a conscientious objector because of his faith, but he was later convinced by his commanding officer, who was also a believer, he was convinced by the Scriptures, not by this man's arguments, but by the Word of God, he was convinced that he would not jeopardize his faith by still taking up his arm and to fight for his nation. He was convinced God's Word gave him that freedom. He and a handful of men single-handedly captured 132 German infantry in the Battle of San Miguel. And what happened there was as they, as they captured this one position, which had held the Allied lines, it was a linchpin, it allowed a pouring in of troops through this breach in the German lines that effectively destroyed that portion of the Siegfried Line the Hindenburg Line. The reason I share this with you, later on, York was interviewed why he did what he did, why he had the the gall and the belief that after seeing dozens of his platoon mates dropped by German fire and realizing sticking his head above this one little rock that he was hiding behind, why he would have the courage with with 
with a 1917 rifle and a 45 caliber pistol, why he would go ahead and be willing to charge headlong into German lines and capture 132 men. How could you do that? Listen to what he said. When interviewed, just like Stonewall Jackson said 75 years earlier, he said, I trusted that God knew when I was going to die. And I could live in the full knowledge that, it was, that I was in God's hand and not my own to guide me. Listen to me. Faith over fear conquers everything. Even a wartime battle, even a virus in 2020. This isn't a call for you to have faith that you won't get a virus. This is a call for you to live your life without a mask for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of winning the right to tell others about Jesus. And whatever gift you have and ability, as 1 Peter 4 said, you use that not for your own glory, but Christ alone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your healing and protective hand. Even this morning, as we've been gathered together, there are those in our culture that would say this is a terrible risk. Why are you all putting yourselves at this kind of risk? God, I believe it's a greater risk that we walk out of this door today not knowing you, not having you as our Lord and Savior than any virus could effectually ever enter our, uh, enter our body. Sin has already damaged us permanently. You provide the opportunity to undo that. The next few minutes, there are folks that are here that may sense your hand moving them to a first-time confession of their faith in you. There may be folks here that would say, this is a church family that I want to go ahead and plug into. God, whichever that is, whatever decisions you have led folks to make, I pray, Father, that we will be open, our ears will be open, our hearts will be freed to be able to follow you. Even as Peter followed you, Lord, and he stumbled along the way, you're willing to go ahead and take us, stumbling as we are, and use us in a powerful way. Help us to think of, of others as we think of what you have done for us. We pray this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. Stand together, church. We're going to sing together this wonderful, wonderful old hymn. It is exactly what we need to do. And if God is speaking to you about a decision that needs to be made, I'll be down here at our altar. You come down as we sing this song together.